This is CliffCentral.com. The Daily Maverick Show on CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon. This is Jonathan Sinclair standing in for the Daily Maverick Show while they're still enjoying their well-deserved break. I'm not running solo today. I have my good friend Ruby Chikiri with me. Did I just butcher your surname? No, you did not. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. So, you know, I thought, you know, when I knew that we were standing in for this show uh, the first week of the year, I thought, you know, what the hell are we going to talk about? Like, when is the new cycle isn't going to start until next week? No way. You were wrong. The first five (laughs) days of this year, especially the last couple, have just been crazy in terms of news, and especially with social media. Uh, You know, when you really... Uh, you really see what is at the core of the nation when people really go on social media and everyone has a say on it. Everyone, like whether they have Twitter or whether they have all of these platforms, have an opinion on what has been going on and what has been said on social media. And of course, it just brings up this old topic that us South Africans have and that really does hit home, and that is racism. And, uh, you know, uh, the new um, term that I noticed really came out of last year was white privilege, uh, something that I think we didn't really address before that. But as white people and black people and Indian and colored and Asian, these are conversations that we are now having. And it just it's unfortunate, though, that it takes some Someone saying such terribly um, ignorant things uh, to really make the conversation resurface and for us to actually have a constructive um, conversation around racism. But um, Ruby, let's just start with the basics. It all started with Penny Sparrow. Now, this woman, I've never heard of her in my life before. I don't think anyone has. I don't think anyone has. She's some real estate agent from KZN. Yeah, with Jarvis Properties. Correct. She has some sort of affiliation to the DA. She's a member or some sort like that. Since then, I believe she has been suspended. But nonetheless, um, Ruby, won't you do me a favor and just read out the original, um, you've got it there, the original comment that she posted on her private Facebook account that started this whole... uh, I, I don't know the right adjective to call it. This whole uproar. outrage, yeah. uproar. Go for it. Let's hear it. Uh, well, this was on Saturday that she posted this. And she said, These monkeys that are allowed to be released on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day onto public beach, onto public beaches, towns, ETC, obviously have no education whatsoever. So to allow them loose is inviting huge dirt and troubles and discomfort to others. I'm sorry to say I was amongst the revelers and all I saw and all I saw were black on black skins. What a shame. I do know some wonderful, thoughtful black people. This lot of monkeys just don't want to even try, but think they can voice opinions about statutes and get their way. Dear, oh dear. From now on, I shall address the blacks of South Africa as monkeys as I see the cute little wild monkeys do the same pick, drop and litter. Okay, that's it's a lot to take in. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah, it really, it's almost, it, it shocks me. Uh, a few things before we get into how ignorant and racist this whole thing really is. Let's just talk about where she says, and I quote, she says, obviously they have no education whatsoever. Just that quote. Now, just in this little piece, which is what, 10 lines on Facebook, which are very short lines, I just from reading over it once, have circled 16 grammatical errors. You know. Um, Okay, so there goes her whole education argument at the window. Simple things. At least, you know, if you're going to insult someone's education, at least have a proper grabber. But it's not even stuff like people often put apostrophes in the wrong place and people, you know, I can understand that. But when you're writing uh, South Africa with a small s, uh, you're writing New Year's with a big N and a small W, uh, you're putting a full stop in the middle of a sentence, then I just, you have no room to speak about anyone's education. Uh, you know, don't, don't go about that. Rather just stick to your argument and don't insult other people's education. So, okay, Ruby, I, I'm a white person. I have my opinions. You're a black person, which is why I'm happy that we can have these contrasting views and really have this conversation. Um, this has obviously stirred up different emotions in black people that it has stirred up in white people. So won't you tell me when you found out about this, when you read this, uh, how what your initial emotions were? I just thought it was such a disgusting point of view mm-hmm. and that it still amazes me that 
people are still so careless about what they post on social media, you know, and that they're okay. still such racists in the country. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, our eyes can't be shut to this kind of thing because obviously she's just one of many. She isn't the first, she isn't the only person that thinks that way. Well, you know, I, Cause, I mean, I can already see 15 likes on the post. And yeah, that was and that, that was day. just when it was screenshot. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so a lot has developed since then. Uh, she's obviously had to resign from her company. Uh, as far as I know, she's been suspended from the DA as a member, blah, de, blah, de, blah. Uh, yesterday, the DA said they were laying charges against and her. And the ANC today and is the laying ANC charges. And the ANC today. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if they're just jumping on the bad wa- bandwagon trying to score points. Either way, they're laying charges. It's important. But let us hear what Penny Sparrow had to say to News 24. Now, this is, uh, I wouldn't call it an apology, but let's just check it out and uh, we see what you think. There's been many things said uh, on Facebook this year. On the beaches, they were happy. They were having fun. It was lovely. It was great. It was the aftermath that was so sad. When I drove home and it it was, you know, making love in the bushes and all that, well, fine, carry on. You know, it doesn't matter to me if they want to do that, but to do it. The dirt was terrible. I didn't mean it. I really didn't mean it to be nasty and horrid. And and I've put an apology on. I've put an apology to say that I didn't mean it personally to anyone. It's just a general. You know, I've worked with blacks. I'm kind. I give. I give them. I help them. All of them. They all like me. Accept me. Joke with me. Not, not, not that I recall putting it like that. I just recall saying that there were so many black people that it was like the monkeys are. They're like monkeys dropping rubbish everywhere and, and the streets and everything was bad. But I made the mistake by comparing them with a, our monkeys are cute. They are cute, but they're naughty and they, they, you know, but they don't see them as cute, naughty little things. What can I say? I can't, I suppose they have to say that. They're looking after their people. They've got blacks that support them, Indians. They've got everyone, and they're trying hard. Alrighty, okay. Wow. So, <laughs> a few words that I noticed coming out there is always there and there. I think the biggest problem is, like, that she sees you know, one black person doing something or whatever, and then she makes it a general mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's saying, like in her apology, well, it's a very weak apology, but she had said this wasn't personal. It was just general. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest problem, you know, mm-hmm. marginalizing black people. Mm-hmm. I also noticed the classic defense. Well, this way she took it to a work point of view. She said, I work with blacks. I joke, they often joke with me, the blacks, and I get along with them just fine. I, I'm very kind to them. That's what she said about the them, blacks that like, she works know? with, yes. Uh, and then she went on to say that the monkeys, she sees monkeys as cute and playful little naughty little things. So she doesn't see why people are getting offended because maybe they see these monkeys as horrible things, but she sees them as cute. But that doesn't take away from the point that she's comparing black people to monkeys. The biggest thing is that she's dehumanizing black people. Like she's not even recognizing them as human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. So I took a day. Uh, then this morning when I was thinking about it, I, I always try and have empathy for a person and realize why they made such a decision, where they come from, possibly their background. And I thought I had a strong standpoint when I said that perhaps she was brought up like that. Perhaps her parents and her grandparents before her taught her that black people are this and people who are not white are less worthy. And uh, I think any white person who lives in South Africa can tell you about one time or more than one time possibly being surrounded by white people who are possibly older than you who are trying to teach you and pass down their beliefs about black people to you. And as white people, that's something we're all faced with. Um, until you reach adulthood, when you can kind of make decisions, but if you haven't been exposed to other points of view and you've only been indoctrinated with that, that's why So I was almost not feeling sorry for her, not condoning her, but I was saying, perhaps, guys, we need to look at her background. Perhaps that's all she was taught. I totally disagree with that. Tell me why. I don't think that just because you've, You've grown up in a background where, you know, you've been taught to discriminate against black people, think about them in in a certain Mm -hmm. way that your views are now okay. Okay. You know, problem number one, she's dehumanizing black people. Mm -hmm. Problem number two, she's putting it on social media. Like she's making her views 
so public mm-hmm. knowing that they're wrong. There's no way that you can post something comparing someone to a monkey and think this is harmless. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. saying what I, you know, experienced that day, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that she even can come up with the excuse of, Oh, I'm kind to black people. I work mm-hmm. with them. You know, I give them, I help the underprivileged, mm-hmm. you know, so she, we already know that whenever she thinks of black people, mm-hmm. she's thinking, Underprivileged, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just ridiculous. It's well, it really is unacceptable. No matter was, how you've been brought up, she said it. It's done. It's out there. It's, we, there's no going back. Yeah. So what do we do from here? Do we climb into her? Do we ruin her life? Do she's had death threats? Do we charge her and lock her up in jail? Or my opinion was perhaps we should educate her. Perhaps she could go on some sort of. Um, community service where she works with these so-called underprivileged black people that she refers to. No, so, but it's it's not up to black people or the victim mm-hmm. to educate okay. the other person. And and this is what I was thinking. I th- I thought we were going about it wrong. We need to educate it. But then my colleague uh, showed me a blog, and it is it's not that long. So I just ask that you bear with me. Um, it was written about eighteen hours ago. Uh, the person's name is Sundile Mklingo Vabaza. Uh, this blog really changed my point of view, and I really did see it from a angle that I hadn't seen it before. So let me just read it to you quickly. It says, I'm going to tell all of you a simple story of what happened two days ago. I have a point in mind in telling you this story, and then I'll be done with Penny Sparrow and Justin Fanfaren and hashtag white privilege for today because I'm heart sore. I try to keep my composure today. I was at KFC two days ago in Margate buying my mom a Streetwise 5. It was jam-packed inside, and so when I'd finished ordering, I went to go wait outside, and I was outside. When I was outside, I spied a little boy, probably no older than six or seven, with sand all over him, including all in his hair, licking a vanilla cone ice cream, looking as pleased with life as I'd seen any little person be. As I write this, I'm fighting back tears of anger, because after today, it dawned on me that is the... Okay, sorry, the grammar's a bit bad here. It dawned on me that is the little boy's happiest time of the year, that it's the boy's happiest time of the year, going to the beach, having a vanilla ice cream cone, having his hair full of sand and just taking in all the niceness of the seaside makes for a stark difference compared to his often dreary surroundings. Thousands of black children each year make joyous plans, at least their families do. Black people who often don't have enough money to visit the beach regularly, even though they live relatively near to it, or eat luxuries like ice cream cones or just get a chance to roll around in the sand and have a day of very real, soaring and unrestrained joy. What has been most upsetting about today is that white people on Facebook, even the quote-unquote good ones, miss the fact that this isn't really about just the racism or how disgusting Penny Sparrow is. It's about the dehumanization. Ruby, this is what you were saying. Yes. It's about the dehumanization of black people and in particular poor black people. I saw a lot of angry posts from white people, but I don't think I saw a single post about just how heartbreaking today has been because that it is the insidious power of hashtag white privilege that even the most caring, compassionate and sensitive white people around could barely wrap their heads around the dehumanization, the lessening, the othering and the diminishing of other human beings. I'm not going to read any more, um, but that really... Uh, got to me because I consider myself somewhat of a, as he calls it a quote unquote, uh, a good, good ones, a good white person who, uh, I like to think that I'm not a racist. I like to think that I do support the black cause and I do realize that I do have white privilege. And I think a lot of us white people feel like that, but we don't actually see it for what it is. I never considered it from this little boy's point of view that going to the beach on new year's day was probably the best day out of his whole year being able to roll in the sand and have a vanilla ice cream, which he probably never has, you know. And I didn't see it from that one child's point of view. So when uh, we see the beach filled with people, be they black or white, and we say, oh, look at them, they're creating such a mess. And uh, white people say, don't go to the beach on, on New Year's because there's just going to be the blacks there. You know, all of these things, you don't think about that one poor black child who possibly has never seen the beach before. Maybe it is his first time there. Uh, maybe it is the first ice cream and the last ice cream he's going to have this year. But you know what? Even if it's not, even if it's a black person who goes to the beach every day. It doesn't take away. It doesn't take away from that. You know, there's no reason for her to say what she said. Mm. And it's not like, you know, all beaches are mixed. You're in Africa. 
you know, you're, the main point is you're in Africa. Like you, you're going to have to learn to have black, white, people of color, everyone around you and deal with it. You know, there's no reason to be I racist or promote your thoughts. I think we all need to have a discussion about the conversations that are ha- happening behind closed doors. So Penny Sparrow was one of the white people who stupidly went and put it on Facebook. But the rest of white people in this country cannot pretend that those conversations are not happening behind closed doors. Exactly. And I'm not saying it's all white people, but every white person is put in a situation where they are in that conversation, where it is about the black people, how the black people have ruined the country, how it was so much better in the old days. Better for who? Better yeah, for you exactly. and your better family? This is the thing. So I really do think, uh, just coming from a white person's point of view, that we need to be honest about and not only judge Penny Sparrow, because I think all white people at some point are in those conversations. And just because we aren't putting it on Facebook doesn't mean they aren't happening. So now when Penny Sparrow puts it on Facebook, we're all on that bandwagon. How dare she? How dare she? How dare she? But how's about the next time when your friends at the Bri start on that conversation and tell you not to go to the beach on New Year's and tell you how black people have ruined the country? Why don't you then stand up and then say, no, I'm not having this conversation. These are the facts Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, not only when it's on social media Yeah, because I think at the end of the day The reality is The apartheid mentality mm-hmm. Is still alive and kicking mm-hmm. You know, many people still think that way mm-hmm. And we have to think What are we going to do about it And as, you know, a white person in South Africa You have to think You know what, I acknowledge that I have white privilege But what am I going to do with it How am I going to benefit the country as a whole mm-hmm. You know, you can't just think about Your own selfish desires there really is, um, Ruby, uh, I feel there is white guilt. And I don't know if that is a real thing, but I know me, I go through many robots every day on the way to work. And every person who's begging at the robot, I, my heart goes out to them. But I, I don't know how to help that person. And it is the ills of the past that has put that person there. And it's easy for someone in their car just to say that person must stand up and fight for themselves. They must go get an education. They must go do this. But, but people are still crippled by apartheid, exactly. you know? Exactly. So I don't know where we start. I don't know how we get there. But I do think that in our own individual ways, in our small little spheres that we occupy every day, we could start with the kinds of conversations that we're having, uh, the kind of things we're willing to tolerate being said around us. And also just what we're teaching the younger generation, because I think that's the biggest thing, because the truth is you're born with no hate. Yeah. You're born with no discrimination or prejudice towards someone else mm-hmm. or another race, mm-hmm. but you are taught to hate. Well, this is originally why I was having a bit of empathy towards, um, what is the name, Penny Sparrow, because I was like, a lot of white people are brought up like that to uh, to be fearful of black people. Yes, but how many years after fearful, democracy? If you're still living here after 1994, mm-hmm. you need to make the choice. You you cannot still have an apartheid mentality. We have to move on. We have to better our country. Mm-hmm. Good, sir. Well said. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Um, just getting with the other big story, what happened with this Justin Van Furen? Oh, that's <laughs> that's even worse. Okay. Uh, he also, I don't know who he is. I don't think he's a big shot, but he is a white person who also, I think it was just terrible timing for these people because they all sort of released these social media posts together. Um, Ruby, why don't, you, why don't you read it out for us? Okay. Well, Justin Van Furen, he is the Get F- Yeah, he started Get Fit Fitness Center in Bryanston. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I don't care what people say. I'm, okay, so I'm going to put in all the gramma- <laughs> grammatical errors. Okay. I don't care what people say, but I'm so, so, so disgusted. Bye bye. The state of the Durban Front Beach. These people come from their homes or wherever they live to literally throw all a hair shit all over the floor. There's no control over these animals. Our promenade smells like piss and shit and I hate it. The municipality needs to stop this. These people are destroying the beach. Go back, back to where you came from and take your 13 kids with you. Mm. Also teach them to look left and right before crossing the promenade. They seem to have no depth perception either. I recommend we make our promenade private. It shouldn't be enjoyed by the scum of the mm. nation. I'm in total disgust. First of all, the scum of the nation Ooh. is, I don't even know what he's speaking about because that is the majority. He is, you know, the minority race in the country. Yeah. And then to say, 
go back to where you came from. I'm pretty sure the last time I checked, we were in Africa. <laughs> Ruby. I mean, I'm really confused it's, because uh, I, I, like are we I, in Europe? If, if I, I don't mean, laugh about it, I'll cry about it. It's so hectic. Hey? Um, okay, but let's just get a few things. He wants to privatize the promenade. And for he said, who? make our promenade private. So if it's going to be private, I'm assuming it's for Africans. I think he meant it for white people. Uh, obviously. Um, when he calls uh, black people animals, he didn't even uh, call them monkeys. Think, he literally went out there and said animals. I think he needs to go back to school and have a history lesson mm-hmm. about how colonialization happened mm-hmm. and who was here first. All right. There was also one other white person who represented us proudly. Why don't you read that out? So this is the economist Chris Hart from Standard Bank. And he said, more than 25 years after apartheid ended, the victims are increasing along with a sense of entitlement and hatred towards minorities. Okay. So, let's just dissect his tweet. He, at no point does he mention black people. At no point he mentions victims. But he, the fact that he mentions minorities, white people are the he's minority. He's meaning minorities. So, he's saying there are... So basically what he's getting is that black people are still acting like victims and blaming all their problems on white minorities. Well, the problem is from the apartheid era, and it's not as if black people ran the apartheid mm-hmm. regime. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Okay, so there have been consequences for these people. So we said Penny uh, Sparrow, uh, ANC and DA lane charger, suspended from DA, was resigned from her job at Jarwitz Properties. Yes. Uh, and Jarvis Properties are distancing themselves as far as they can sure, from they, they Penny Sparrow. They're wise, too. They are very wise, too. Yes. Then uh, Chris Hart has been suspended yes. from Standard Bank. Yes. Uh, obviously uh, impending a disciplinary hearing of sorts. Uh, in terms of uh, this Justin van Furen, uh, he is obviously a business owner, so I wouldn't imagine he's suspended himself for anything. I would not think so. Um, but yeah, these are just three people that put it on social media. But like I say, I think... Before we all jump on the bad wagon, let us just check the conversations that are happening behind closed doors and start there. Start right there. Ruby, let's just move on from this race issue. I do hope that in 2016 we can have this conversation, but in a constructive way, not only when we're hating on someone who said something, even though I'm not condoning what anyone said, but I do think we need to have this con- this conversation constructively. Yeah, and even as you were saying, like when you started off the show, you were saying the old topic of racism and the new term of white privilege, mm. but these aren't old topics or new terms. Their everyday life For some people Especially people of colour In South Africa It's something that is part of their everyday It's an everyday experience To experience You know Racism Prejudice Or White privilege One of our listeners uh, Zandisile I'd rather have dinner with Penny Unlike the so-called liberals Which say things behind your back And that's exactly what We were getting at Is that Penny was the She's just one of many She was the one who put it on social media Yes But those conversations are happening and we all need to watch it. And, I, you know, I suppose it's not only the white people that are having those conversations. I suppose all of us in our homes are having conversations about we, other groups. And it's all based in fear. We, we are, just have to be conscious. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it does come down to fear of each other. Fear that this one's taking over. This one's earning more. This one. Which, you know, maybe the, this is just part of life. But, yeah. Let's yeah, just start in our own way. Yeah. Because, I mean... I've had like, you know, a good privileged upbringing. I've gone to private schools as a black student and all of that. And then when I went to university, it was like real world just kind of hits you mm-hmm. and you see, you know, you really experience white privilege and you experience that, you know, some people may look down upon you because mm-hmm. of your color, you know, cause I can tell you so many times that I've been speaking and people will be like, Oh, you're so eloquent. Okay. Oh, yeah. you know, you speak with such grace. You or, sound so educated. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like what, and the thing is that seed of thought in your head mm-hmm. that automatically, if you hear a person of color speaking well or what you think is well, mm-hmm. then it's such a shock. Ruby, um, I want to ask you something. When I know I'm not grouping all people together, but I noticed that older generation white people when talking to a black person whether it be someone maybe at the petrol station or a black person at a shop and they change their accent ever so slightly to almost accommodate that person's understanding do you how conscious are black people of that and is it is it it's a no-go zone you shouldn't be doing that is that correct i think definitely but 
just because I am a person of color does not mean that my views or my experiences represent mm. the experiences of all mm-hmm. people of mm-hmm. color. So I can speak for myself in my capacity, but I definitely wouldn't take it upon myself to speak about all racism mm-hmm. towards black people because yeah. I'm not the advocates and everyone has their own experience. Yeah, it's, I think it's a natural part of language. So when someone is talking to you with a certain accent and you think they're not going to understand you, you maybe alter your accent so slightly but from where i stand and i watch uh, white people and black people in this sort of this conversation and i almost feel like it's very humiliating to change your accent like that just because you think they won't understand you if you spoke in your normal your normal english voice but you know what the amazing thing is is that if you listen to just a normal person speaking to someone who has a french accent or someone who has an extremely british accent or something like that you don't alter your accent to mm. accommodate for them yeah. or to lower so your do level you do of it? English. Yeah. So why do you do it for someone that mm-hmm. has an African mm-hmm. tone? Mm-hmm. Why? You have to ask yourself that question. I you just really think have some to, of us yeah. need to realize that although that person is talking in that accent and it's because English is probably their third, fourth, fifth language doesn't mean that they don't notice that you've changed your accent. Exactly. I, I think they notice it instantly. And so I don't think we, I think we should stop insulting people's intelligence uh, intelligence and just uh, let's just be real with ourselves, um, Ruby. Just before we move on from this race topic, because I, I I do you know it's it's only been a, a good two days of it, but I think we're all a little tired of it already. But um, okay, that is not actually right. We shouldn't be tired. We need yeah, to have this conversation. Definitely. But I don't want to harp on about it. I don't want to harp on about it. Um, for you, what is how does white privilege manifest? Uh, what are the things that you see that you are like, that's white privilege? Because I think a lot of white people, we kind of acknowledge that we have white privilege, but we don't really know exactly the things that we have that you don't have. Well, I can give you an example of what I've seen as white privilege in my capacity you know, as a, as a university student. Mm-hmm. If you go into a lecture hall and the lecture hall is full and a white older male professor walks in, everyone pays attention and whatever accent he has, whether it's your, you know, some sort of European accent, people accommodate or adjust their hearing for him. Mm-hmm. But when you go into a lecture and you're waiting for a lecturer and let's say a black young female lecturer walks in, everyone automatic, automatically is thinking, hmm, do we mm-hmm. really need to listen? How good is this lecturer going to be? Mm-hmm. And you automatically in your mind start testing whether this lecturer is, you know, up to par, up to standard. Mm. And you can see that happening around you with your fellow students. And that automatically is white privilege. To know that you can walk into a room and people automatically assume that you are, are of a certain caliber or speak a certain way or can get different opportunities that people of color have to work harder for. I think that is what I can say is white privilege. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. I, I, I do think that also we need to communicate that. Obviously, we're all mixing now. We're all, you're in university with white people and stuff. And I mean, I've grown, I, I'm not going to say I don't see race because there's no such thing, mm-hmm. but I've definitely grown up, you know, in the rainbow nation. Mm-hmm. I've, I went to preschool with white people, grew up with white people. You know, it's about being conscious. It's about accommodating for each other. But mm-hmm. in terms of people like Penny Sparrow, Chris Hart, Justin von Furen, it's just mm-hmm. a disgusting mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that it still exists. Mm. It really is sad. But I uh, do think it's important to tell people. So if you're noticing that your white friend, for instance, isn't realizing just how privileged they are and is beating down on people, people must fight for themselves. I've worked hard to be where I am. Just to subtly, you don't have to be angry about it, just to remind remind that person, hey, this is actually the reality. This is actually how you were just born ahead just by being born in a white skin. I think every now and again, we need to be reminded of that. And it's, you know, when you live in the suburbs and you, you don't, uh, you think you see poverty every time you had a robot, but I don't actually think we see it as it really exists in sort of the rural areas of South Africa where, you know, I, I think a beggar in Joburg is sometimes better off than someone who's living in a rural part of South Africa, you know? Yes. So anyway, something else we have to talk about now that it's 2016, Ruby, just moving away from this whole heavy topic, is Donald Trump. 
Wow. Uh, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> uh, we have the U.S. presidential race, which is heating up. It's been coming for months, and it's so much bigger overseas. It's it a, is. <laughs> it feels like a whole year-long process to elect their president. But the last few days, obviously, Donald Trump has released his television advert, and uh, he is—he's not mincing his words. He's not sugarcoating anything. He's going right in there for the Muslims. So let's just uh, have a listen to this, and then we'll see what we think. It's just buffering. <laughs> I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. The politicians can pretend it's something else, but Donald Trump calls it radical Islamic terrorism. That's why he's calling for a temporary shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until we can figure out what's going on. He'll quickly cut the head off ISIS and take their oil. And he'll stop illegal immigration by building a wall on our southern border that Mexico will pay for. We will make... America great again. All right. So I just found out uh, from our very own Mabale Malloy that that's his tagline. I we will it, make America great again. I honestly again. thought it was just something he said a lot, but now I realize it's his tagline. Okay. So a couple of points that I picked out from that ad, which I can't believe that ad's been released on American television. Eh? So he's going to cut the head off of ISIS. He is going to build a wall. And make Mexico pay for it. I I don't get how. I would really like to know how that wall will be built. Yeah, with yeah. (laughs) And how do you make another country pay for a wall that you want to build? And also him (laughs) saying that he will make America great again. But if it's one of the greatest powers in the world right now, Mm -hmm. what is it now? Is it not great? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. What do Ruby? Let's. We know what it's going to come down to. Uh, I'm willing to bet money on it. Uh, Hillary is going to be the Democratic candidate. Um, Donald Trump is going to be the Republican candidate. I don't think Jeb Bush stands a chance. Um, yeah, there's only been two frontrunners in this race. But when it comes down to that, Ruby, who do you think is going to take it? Well, I mean, you would hope that Hillary would take it, especially oh, that it would geez. be the first female American president. Mm-hmm. That would be incredible. And all how cool and her would it sta- Yeah, her stances on feminism and mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. I'm interested in her. Well, I think it would be cool to look back in history and to see that the first female American president came straight after the first black American exactly. president. Progress. One day, maybe we can have a female black American president. Yes. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> maybe in a few years, Michelle can run. I would totally vote for Michelle. Maybe, yes. If, if I was American, uh, Duncan's just whispered should, should. Uh, in my ear, we could have a gay president. You know, that, that, <laughs> a gay a gay black president. Yeah, Duncan, thank you. Gay uh, black female president. Yeah. Just put it all together. Just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it really is scary. But Ruby, jokes aside, I think when Donald Trump entered this whole presidential race, it was a big law. Ha, ha, ha. This guy, this billionaire with his funny hair. Now I think the world is taking him a little bit seriously. Yeah, and it's actually incredible. He's managed to lead the Republican race for a few months now without even running a single TV ad. But what scares me the most is that people aren't as offended by what he's saying anymore. In the beginning, when he made those comments about um, Mexicans being rapists and everyone is up in arms, now we've become so used to his radical comments that... It's almost like, oh, oh, did he say that? Oh, okay, cool, he said that. And there are also a lot of people that are actually coming out of the woodworks and agreeing with his radical comments, which is just like what we were talking about now with South Africa, you know, with the penny sparrows, is that they're one of many. Mm -hmm. It takes someone to voice it, and then you see all these people agreeing. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, but I didn't think people thought that way. But Mm -hmm. they do. Something which we learned in history was that nothing unites a nation more than having a common hatred. Yes. And I think Donald Trump is playing on that because he's putting the fear of Muslims or ISIS. Not all Muslims, let's just get that clear. But using ISIS and using the fear of all Muslims to unite the country, to unite behind him. I think he knows his target market. Yeah. You know, within the Republicans, he knows who he's trying to advocate for or Mm -hmm. relate to. And this is how he's getting to them. And the, he is succeeding. The thing is, also, before he entered the race, Hillary was getting all of the media. Yes. Now, although Hillary is the front runner in the Democratic race, she's not getting any airtime I think it has compared to, do, to Donald. Yeah, I think it has to do with his radical views. Yeah. People like to be shocked. Yeah. You know? They yeah. like to be surprised. And that is what Donald Trump is doing. I'm just thinking aspects of the rest of the world. So, Donald Trump is a very hot-headed man. We know if he doesn't like an employee, if he doesn't like anything, you're fired. It's done. (laughs) There's no negotiating. There's no talking. So now I'm just picturing that leadership style coming into the White House when he is the most powerful man on earth next to, let's say, Vladimir Putin. Um, When he 
does have all that power at his hands, and when someone pisses him off, such as ISIS or such as, quote-unquote, all Muslims, what is he going to do to these poor people that... When you have the, one of the most powerful armies in the world and you are so hot-headed and you are willing, you are a very confrontational person. You're not very diplomatic. You're not going to hide you know, what you really think about people. I don't know if this is going to lead to more war because he is very confrontational and he is very um, – there's a challenge. We must crush that challenge. Yes. It must be crushed. But the, yeah, but the things that he's saying about you know being anti a certain religion or yeah. anti a certain nationality is actually very scary mm-hmm. because then we're going to go into you know pre two thousand mentality mm-hmm. where we're thinking you know it was okay what you know certain dictators did of blocking out certain nationalities from their countries and you know um, purist mentalities mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of Americans so I think that's a very scary concept. Mm. Okay. Uh, Americans, please vote for Hillary. I'm just saying, <laughs> please. If, if, please. If I was American, I would totally vote Hillary. Uh, but yeah, I think this is going to be one of the most exciting presidential races. Of course, just looking back to Barack Obama's, that was also very exciting. But I mean, who would have thought that Trump would be where he is now and actually running for president? I think he hinted at it a few years ago and people were like, oh, yeah, okay, Donald Trump. We'll see. But I think the reality is real. It's in our face now. But Most yeah, I'm really ex- excited and scared to see what happens there. Um, Ruby, just bringing things back to South Africa. Um, I think that this heat wave has been here all along, but apparently we're having a heat wave. Oh, no. But it feels like it's been the whole of December slash January. Uh, anyway, uh, the weather service is warning residents to brace for a heat wave this week. Uh, persistently high temperatures around 40 degrees in some parts. Um, yeah, so I think the hardest hitting places are Northwest Free State Gauteng. Um, and going towards later in the week, Western Cape is really going to get up there. Uh, so yeah, um, sorry that it happened while we're all back at work now. That is so sad. I know, I know. So just, I, I don't even think there's any SPF that can help us <laughs> out. The thing I hate about sunscreen is it makes you feel so oily. I wish someone could invent a sunscreen that didn't like make you feel oily. And the thing is, you're only wearing sunscreen when you're out in the sun, which means it's hot. So exactly. then you start sweating. I hate it. Right, I hate everyone, it. please carry deodorant with you everywhere you go because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cause some problems. All right. Now, Ruby, uh, we, Talking about things that have broken the internet already. Uh, first of all, who knew that Croatia had a female president? Did you know? People that are up to date with current uh, affairs. <laughs> not, not us. <laughs> I had no idea that Croatia had a female president, but that, I think that is awesome. But that is not why she broke the internet. Um, Ruby, this photo of the uh, Croatian president. Let's just she is the first female president First of female. Yes. Her name is President Kolinda Hrabasit. She strutted her stuff in a bikini on holiday and the photo was Instagrammed or tweeted and it went viral. But now you got it. This woman is voluptuous. She's big. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. Exactly. And yeah, I, I just think that's really awesome. Like, I actually don't think it's awesome. I think it's really prob- problematic. Okay, tell me why. I think it's problematic because it's only because she's in a bikini, she's showing her sensuality that people are paying attention to it and so shocked and that it's breaking the internet. But if it was a male who was just in his, you know, um, briefs on the beach, no one would pay any, no one would turn. But ahead. now, if it was a good looking male who was ripped, and he was president, I think it would have still made news. So I don't think the issue is that she's a female and she's president and she's wearing a bikini. I think people just didn't realize how sexy she was under her normal clothes. And I think people are surprised by that because you're not used to looking up to politicians, whether they be male or female, as sex symbols. So I, at least that's where I see it. But obviously as yeah. a woman, you might have other issues yeah, with I it. think I'd have to disagree because... Just as you said just now, you didn't even know Croatia had a female pr- president. Mm, mm. But now that, n- oh, now that you know, now that she's strutting her stuff in a bikini, I see it now people are paying attention to her. I see it that is a huge view. problem. Just okay. sexualizing women problem. Okay, okay. Granted, Ruby, I give you that. <laughs> I hear you, Ruby. But but uh, let's uh, let's just praise the woman. Like she's doing something right. She is really beautiful, and yeah, she is. But let's hear about you know her policies. Let's hear about <laughs> her political policies and how she's going to improve her country. Let's hear about that. Why doesn't that go viral, Ruby? I think you should be South Africa's first female president. 
<laughs> really, we got to get. I'd have to be there. South African for that to happen. So. All right, and then just bringing it back home again to something that might be affecting a lot of people because a lot of us do subscribe to one of the biggest uh, networks in South Africa, that being Vodacom. Uh, apparently, yes. accounts have been affected by a technical glitch. They were double debited. Oh, shim. Don't ever double debit me. Double debited. So, okay. So, if you have, say, a top-up account and you're paying, for instance, 135 a month. So, this particular month, they took 300. It's a basic example. Which, for a lot of people, is not the end of the world. But for people who are just scraping by and their debit orders are just... There's just enough for debit orders. If one debit order goes through double, you're screwed. Exactly. Uh, I'm just glad they starting the refunding process yeah and, and i'm also i'm it. also glad that they're willing to speak about it they have been dealing with the media keeping people informed so yeah if you are a vodacom client just check that you weren't double debited because i think a lot of people won't even notice yeah, you know you what i mean even if you didn't twice. get the sms or, or until what, you what, what. swipe your card and it's declined and then you're like <laughs> where did the money go <laughs> that is so so embarrassing i hate that and it happens even when you have when you have funds in it and the machine just won't accept it. It's the most embarrassing thing, but it happens. Yeah, we'll just does. have to be tolerant. Then another thing, have you? Okay, so, I'm sure a lot of people will be switching to other <laughs> mobile network providers after this glitch. You know, sometimes these things happen to these big companies. I mean, often there's times with like a, a certain bank. Uh, I won't even mention a name, but where they. Debit orders will go through or not go through, or for like the weekend, a certain bank won't be able to. You won't be able to swipe your card. Exactly. You know, all of these things happen to these big companies, and I mean, they're only human. Exactly. The the good thing is that they're admitting to the error. Yeah, communicating it for sure. How would you feel about kosher weed? So this is weed that has been approved as kosher in America. And yeah, so it's weed for Orthodox Jewish people who wouldn't smoke any other weed, I suppose. So this medical marijuana company called Virio Health of New York is following two sets of regulations as it prepares to begin selling its products next month. So uh, I'm just, there's so much info, technical info on it, but okay. They So they announced that it received kosher certification from the Orthodox Union, which is one of the world's preeminent gatekeepers of what is certified as kosher and what isn't. So the group's trademark OU symbol will appear on Vario's vaporization cartridges, oils, and capsules. So if you're a Jewish person in U.S., you and could have kosher weed. weed coming soon. <laughs> Maybe some kosher weed that your rabbi would approve of. I don't know. <laughs> it's very interesting. But uh, I guess because it's the medical marijuana, you know, maybe there is a need for it. Yeah, yeah. There's um, a market for everything. There really is. Hey, you you really have to think out of the box with some of these things. All right, Ruby, we've really gone over time. Uh, we are going to come back in just a moment with a little something. But uh, just after this uh, break, I we're going to talk about this ad that has gone viral. It's not an ad. It's actually a five-minute-long story. So I want to save some time so we can really talk about that. It's called Hashtag Dear Daddy. And uh, I didn't think much of it in the beginning, but after watching it, it really sends a deep message to all of us. And I really all do think that we need to take notice. That is right after this. It's date night, and your wife wants you to bring Ray to bed with you. Hmm? You suggested Tyrion, or maybe even Sheldon, if she fancied something a little different. But no, Ray Donovan it is. So you get your tablet, and you meet her in the bedroom. Because with Showmax for 99 Rand a month, you get to watch full seasons of the biggest series. On the couch, in the kitchen, in bed. Online, anytime. So get to Showmax.com and get your seven-day free trial. The Daily Maverick Show on CliffCentral.com Yes, this is Jonathan Sinclair and Ruby Chikiri standing in for the Daily Maverick show. I'm pretty sure they're back next week. Otherwise, Ruby will be back. Eh? Yes, we'll be back. <laughs> All right. So, Ruby, just before the break, we spoke about this uh, hashtag Dear Daddy video that has gone viral. Um, it is quite a long one. Hopefully, I'm going to let us listen to the whole uh, thing of it because it really does send home a strong message. So, let us take a listen. We'll see you on the other side. Dear Daddy, I just wanted to thank you for looking after me so well, even though I'm not yet born. I know you already try harder than Superman, you won't even let Mommy eat sushi. But I need to ask you a favor. Warning, it's about boys. Because, you see, 
I will be born a girl, which means that by the time I'm 14, the boys in my class will have called me a whore, a bitch, a cunt, and many other things. It's just for fun, of course. Something boys do. So you won't worry. And I understand that. Perhaps you did the same when you were young. Trying to impress some of the other boys. I'm sure you didn't mean anything by it. Still, some of the people won't get the joke. And funnily enough, it isn't any of the girls. It's some of the boys. So by the time I turn 16, a couple of the boys will have snuck their hands down my pants while I'm so drunk I can't even stand straight. And although I say no, they just laugh. It's funny, right? If you saw me, Daddy, you would be so ashamed. Because I'm wasted. No wonder I'm raped when I'm 21. 21 and on my way home in a taxi driven by the son of a guy you went swimming with every Wednesday. The guy who always told insulting jokes. But they were, of course, only jokes. So you laughed. Had you known that his son would end up raping me, you would have told him to get a grip. But how could you know? He was just a boy telling weird jokes and in any case it wasn't your business you were just being nice but his son raised on these jokes becomes my business then finally I meet Mr. Perfect and you're so happy for me daddy because he really adores me and he's smart with a great job and all through the winter he goes cross country skiing three times a week just like you but one day he stops being Mr. Perfect and I don't know why. Wait, am I overreacting? One thing I do know, I'm not the victim type. I'm raised to be a strong and independent woman. But one night it's just all too much for him. With work and the in-laws and the wedding coming up. So he calls me a whore. Just like you called a girl in middle school a whore once. Then another day, he hits me. I mean, I'm way out of line. I can really be a bitch sometimes. But we're still the world's greatest couple and I'm so confused because I love him and I hate him and I'm not sure if I really did do something wrong. And, and then one day, he almost kills me. It all goes black. Even though I have a PhD, a fantastic job, I'm loved by my friends and family, I'm well brought up and nobody saw this coming. Dear Daddy, this is the favor I want to ask. One thing always leads to another. So please stop it before it gets the chance to begin. Don't let my brothers call girls whores. Because they're not. And one day some little boy might think it's true. Don't accept insulting jokes from weird guys by the pool. Or even friends. Because behind every joke, there is always some truth. Dear Daddy, I know you will protect me from lions, tigers, guns, cars, and even sushi without even thinking about the danger to your own life. But dear Daddy, I will be born a girl. Please do everything you can so that that won't stay the greatest danger of all. That's very powerful. Damn. I have a lot to say on that topic. I have goosebumps. It's so crazy. And I, I, I don't even think we need to speak about it. I just think it says it all. Like, we really just do have to watch what we say. You don't realize sometimes the implications down the line and how, yeah, you may think it's an innocent conversation, but it really does have impact.
Yeah, and mm. just acknowledge the fact that we live in a system full of patriarchy. Mm. Like that's a huge mm-hmm. problem: patriarchy, abuse of women, rape culture. Mm-hmm. You know, because the things that our fathers, our you know sons, brothers do mm-hmm. is going to shape the experience that I have as a woman in this mm-hmm. world. Yeah. You know, mm. uh, if you want to check out that video, uh, it's called hashtag Dear Daddy. Um, it is all over YouTube. You can go check that out. It really is. Uh, yeah. Just take five minutes and it, it really just makes you think differently. Ruby, just before we head out of here, uh, something very exciting for South Africa and for young people is the metric results. Yes, the well, the GDE results are coming out tomorrow. That, that, that's the, excuse my ignorance, that's the government the schools. Yes. Okay. The IEB ones came out, I think, last week or the week before. And those are the independent private yes, schools. Yes, independent private schools. All right, so how are we feeling? Um, any any good news, any bad news? or? Well, I know that... Uh, Uma Lucy was saying that the pass rate is much lower than it was last year. And last year's pass rate was 75.8%. So, yes. So so that's literally, so last year it was three quarters pass. So one, three out of every four people pass basically. Yes. So if this year it's lower than that, it's, it's not, it's kind of scary. Yeah, it is very scary. It's scary for the future of South Africa. Um, you mentioned to me earlier, uh, Minister of Education Angie Motsecha is having breakfast with some of the top performing students. Hey? Yes, this morning they had the top learners breakfast. Okay. And then I know that this evening at 6 p.m. Uh, she's going to announce the pass rate. So people Ooh. are on their tent hooks for that one. You know, it's just important to remember that some... Uh, if you don't pass and if someone who you know fails, it's not the end of their life. It is not. Um, there are so many bridging courses you can do. And even if you don't have a matric, it doesn't mean to say you're going to be a failure in life. Yeah, I just think even if you didn't do as well as you want to do, just remember that this isn't the be all and end all of everything. You know, I hate these stories you hear after um, matric results come out and people who have harmed themselves. Yes, or, about to, yes. And sometimes, I mean, it's even been a mistake where people thought they'd failed, but meanwhile their name just wasn't printed or something. So really, just take it for what it is. And yeah, and if you did do well, congratulations. And yeah, I, I'm and sure they, you and your family have a lot to be proud of. Yeah, and there's a lot. Um there's a lot of help in terms of counseling for people that are, you know, suffering with anxiety or just very mm-hmm. nervous about their results or if they get bad news. There mm-hmm. are people there to help you because I know the Department of Social Development have opened counseling centers for metric pupils. Okay, so around about 6 o'clock tonight, we'll know the pass rate for 2015. And at 8 a.m. tomorrow... The, the results, yes, the results released. will be released. Okay, good luck to all the matriculants. I'm sure they are nervous. But I, I remember before, it used to come out the, the year before. So it used to come out, like it would have come out in 2015. Yes. But now it seems to take a whole lot longer. But maybe at least they get the process right. Yes, <laughs> Rather than so. people getting confused. <laughs> Ruby, um, we really have to wrap up. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, it's been an important conversation. Um, this whole hashtag racism must fall thing has been big. Uh, I hope that we've ha- have helped to, I don't know, sort of talk you through it and stuff and that we've all learned something from one another. Yeah, definitely. And, I yeah. mean, transformation is definitely the buzzword and we need to see the results this year in 2016. Yeah, and it's a process. Hey, We're not going to one day real- and say, oh, there's no racism anymore. Exactly. It, it, it's a process. Yes. So, so let's just get started with that. But yeah, that's been it for myself, Jonathan Sinclair and Ruby Chikiri. Um, Daily Maverick Show is back next week. Worst case scenario than not. And you will be stuck with us. <laughs> Stay informed and up to date. It's the Daily Maverick Show, Tuesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. on cliffcentral.com.